do you ever walk into a room and your intention, whether it's at work or in your house or wherever your environment is that you're situated in, and you say to yourself, okay, I, I just need to get something from this room of my house or of my office or something of the sort. You walk into that room, you forget what you were looking for, you then head back into the room in which you were initially in, you remember what you're looking for, and then you head back into that room to get it, you forget again. And then you head into another room, and it's like all of your memory's been wiped. If anything even remotely close to what I just explained has, ap has happened to you folks, I can assure you, in my humble opinion, I don't think it is solely because some of you are weed smokers. And that's a little bit of a joke because, of course, they say, you know, weed causes short-term memory. But the point I'm trying to make here ultimately is, uh, let me know if that was bad, a bad joke, but ultimately, because I experienced that myself, is that, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I really wanted to bring a different perspective of thought and approach to this entire episode. So welcome back, folks, again, to the members that will be seeing this anywhere from one to three weeks before this goes public, uh, another episode of Let's Get Banned. And today's title is Rooms Are Separate Games, in a question mark, uh, the Poland-Belarus cover, and Giants Fueled Our Demise, and then in brackets, Is, Bot, and Zod. Now, is bought in Zod, believe it or not, is actually something that I I don't want to say that I coined myself. I uh, I just took the acronym, so to speak, of what we're looking at. So is stands for information structures. Okay, that's what is stands for. Bot stands for biology of thought. Okay, and then Zod, sort of like you know the villain from Superman, Man of Steel, General Zod, stands for zone of proximal development. Okay, and the reason I wanted to bring all of this up is because this intrinsically ties into both the esoteric angle of things, the, um, the mental angle of things, and in addition to all of that, sadly but truthfully, the reality in which the way that karma seems to work on this planet. So let's jump right into it. So first and foremost, before, this is uh, from fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood. I do believe in my humble opinion, Dan Winter's given a great description of what some of the affairs on this planet seem to be occurring are. And even if, all due respect to him, he is not entirely accurate, not saying he is or isn't, but if that's the case, there is still a general principalistic foundation to this that we can apply to get a better understanding of what's happening globally. But first and foremost, let's look at oxfordbibliographies.com, okay? The term information structure refers to the interface between the structure and meaning of linguistic utterances on the one hand and the interlocutors' mental representation of information, discourse reference, and the overall universe of discourse on the other. It is at this interfacing, uh, interfacing level of mental representation that linguistic rules and constraints on structure building, interpretation, and processing interact with general cognitive processes involved in belief formation such as memory, attention, pragmatic reasoning, and general interfer uh, inference processes. All right, Information structures play a crucial role in embedding linguistic utterances in ever-changing communicative settings and contexts. All right, And it does so by imposing structure on the way in which the information conveyed by an utterance is linguistically, linguistically expressed. All right, again, end quote. This uh, I, this is a little bit complex, so please bear with me if I have a bit of a difficult time trying to explain this. But ultimately, take let's let's break this down. When Jacques Vallée says that we are living in an information structure, right, relative to the example I gave just a few minutes ago of you walking into one room and then forgetting some what you were looking for and yada yada, assuming that of course as a joke was not you know your short term memory loss from marijuana or something of the sort. Point being, all jokes aside, 
is that when you go from one room to another, it's very possible that it is a video game, literally a matrix, a simulation, whatever you want to call it. Why and how? Because again, if we take a look here at OxfordBibliographies.com, go figure, ironically mainstream media per se, you know, Oxford, um, we see here information structures refers to the interface between the structure and meaning of linguistic utterances. Now, linguistic utterances for those that have watched on patreon the most recent uh, members only episode we looked at something called grapheme with an m not an n uh, an m all right and what we'll see here let's do this search in real time i wanted to do this in real time with you folks if we take a look at the definition of grapheme all right it is a letter of an alphabet or it is an allotrope of carbon arranged in a hexagonal crystal lattice one atom thick okay not only that but when you take a look at what the different variations and definitions of it mean, referring to, again, not only a, um, excuse me, a grapheme being that of a letter of an alphabet, but look at this, by the way, folks. Look at the confusion, okay? Grapheme, when you search it up on DuckDuckGo, for example, all right, with an M, not an N, with an M, underneath it is the definition for graphene with an N. And then all of a sudden, it says a grapheme with an M, or more fully, a grapheme cluster string is a single user visible character, which may in turn be several characters or code points long. Some of these examples would be that of a glyph, so to speak. And you'll see why I'm bringing all of this up shortly, okay? Not only that, but it also, in short form, layman's terms, it could be a written symbol that is used to represent a certain speech. What does this remind us of? Does this not remind us of the Project Carrot documents? Again, even if the Carrot documents are not legitimate or there is some misinformation or disinformation to them, ultimately, it seems as though the data points of consistency lead us to believe that the symbols in which whatever you want to call it, these beings, these J-rods, these greys, these reptilians use, is that of a universal symbol, uh, uh, understanding of what we must abide by relative to an information structure. Okay, I hope that wasn't too much of a confusing word salad, so to speak. Point being, notice the similarities between graphene and grapheme, all right? Again, it could be a total coincidence, but again, it's interesting that graphene and that black goo seems to operate in the same way relative to the Project Carrot whistleblower who claimed that when this type of symbolism was put under a certain frequency, these languages would move as if they were alive on their own. Now, the reason I bring that up is because if we head on over to trickedbythelight.com. I would like to thank Brandy again because without her I would not have had this uh, even come across this at least personally. We'll see here. These are uh, diary entries from someone who is astral traveling. So please, I'm not saying this as if it is factual, but I am pointing out the most consistent uh, revelation that I found to be other individuals or experience as well. So take a look. I've learned a lot. It turns out the reason why the physical world is so dense is because there is a grid system that runs through the planet and into our homes. The grid conducts the equivalent of gigawatts of negative of usually negative energy the presence of such an enormous amount of negative energy weighs everything down and makes it more dense and lowers the vibration before we go on i am of the personal opinion and i could be wrong but i am of the opinion which based on research which will be coming out shortly uh, particularly those on patreon will see this more prominently is leading me to the fact that with the potential fact or possibility that I would say anywhere from 40 to 60% of what we're living in right now is not so much physical as we think of it, but is extremely dense astral vibrations, okay? Extremely dense vibrations that have energy fields around them, okay? Plasma energy fields, you name it, it's hard to say. But then the question becomes, what about the other remaining 30, 40% of this 
dimension or universe we live in. I think the remainder is physical. I think there's been an added layer of dense astral vibratory uh, movements and uh, uh, plasma fields placed on top of certain structures. Hence, the example I gave at the beginning of you walk into a room and you forget what you were going for because... If we, if it is even remotely accurate that we are living in this type of dense astral world, thinking we're living in the physical realm, it's possible that each room is a video game, a simulation, a separate information structure. And according to this one individual here, he says, there are also huge negative energy fields in the, in the atmosphere. They are really heavy and weigh everything down. The negative energy from the grid and the negative energy fields in the atmosphere, which probably get energy from the grid, are what make this, uh, the physical world so dense. So they go to a lot of trouble to prop up the illusion of a physical world. Without the grid and the negative energy from the grid and the negative energy fields in the atmosphere, the physical world would just be another astral world and it would be easy to change. Which then begs the question, is there even a physical world per se? Or do we need to truly rethink and redefine the prominence of the definition of physical? Again, for example, this pen may be an example of what has an, uh, well, not an invisible, but to us invisible, because we're not open to that light spectrum, energy field that is very strongly using this AI simulation to hold the object together, okay? And then, when I move it away from my purview, it doesn't render. It doesn't render its code, aka information structure, meaning like it's like a video game. When you move your character's uh, uh, view, um, purview, around and it doesn't render behind you because you're not looking there neither is anybody else that's what seems to be the case and you might say okay dave if so what fuels that our subconscious via that of inverted intention and belief this is just my opinion i could be incorrect but take a look at this so most people are living in a psychic sewer and totally oblivious to it. Think of the river of slime in Ghostbusters 2, all that negative energy in the sewer under New York. But in this case, the river of slime is outside the visible spectrum and it's running through your living room and most people have no idea that it's there. All right. But small groups of people can get rid of the grid and the negative energy fields in the atmosphere in, in small areas. By the way, it's been alleged and proposed that there are multiple energy fields, not just one. Um, it's way too much energy for one person to get rid of. The grid and the negative energy fields are a problem. But the real problem is the subconscious mind. The subconscious minds of the population are propping up the matrix. They work for the Matrix AI, but they are more powerful than the Matrix AI. But they aren't more powerful than the conscious mind. It just seems like they are because they are better at generating energy and they know how to use the grid. I was able to raise the vibration of my house last night and I overpowered the subconscious minds of two or three other people. They don't like it when you try to change things. Okay? So the subconscious hive mind is the backbone of the Matrix. There is an inverted hive mind, before I go on, please forgive me, of ultimately... All of us and that intention of damn it, I got to pay my bills of holy crap. I got to go do this of, you know, all of that. I, I have to go uh, meet a certain deadline of a certain time. That curation of artificial time seems to be generating what this gentleman uh, referred to or this person referred to as the matrix being a complex energy harvesting system. But we can and should demand uh, dismantle it. All right. Not only that, but people when they die they program uh, their bodies are programmed their subconscious minds are programmed to send them to a soul farm where they are tricked into reincarnating all right now take a look at this going back to uh, the the whole thing of moving from from one room to another the code of one room is exclusive to that particular room because it is the in the vicinity of that field that's holding it together 
okay so for example this pen right here has let's just say hypothetically or maybe it really does maybe this pen is not physically real it is just astrally dense out of an extremely vibratory level okay which also makes that begs the question anyways let me get to that in a second sorry this field around the pen is holding it together entirely even as i move it and all of that as this um as people start to come together and rebel against world governments in a peaceful way in a, in a conscious way all right in a collective way it seems as though the field holding these objects together tends to collapse and not just objects people too we've seen evidence of what seem to be you know chefs police officers seeming to have you know reptilian teeth and claws allegedly these reptilians like to live in those type of environments because they like the feeling of the inverted control so it would make sense now interestingly enough it's like going from one room to another and in a video game the code is stuck to that one room because when the programmer or the computer coder developed it that's i i'm not an expert but that's how you would make the game a code has to be compartmentalized and delegated to a certain level of that game, okay? So think of each room as a different level, which is why, for example, when you live in uh, more um, uh, open land areas, your memory tends to be much sharper. I'm not saying that as a fact, but again, you can. there's multiple studies that suggest this, or at least imply that, so to speak, right? But again, they won't make that too obvious because they don't want you living too off the grid per se. But take a look at this. The grid is programmed by intention, all right, which is interesting because it reminds us of Dan Winter with, you know, uh, phase plasma conjugation via that of intention. But look at this. So we can reprogram the grid to change reality. So the grid is the key to changing the matrix. Small groups of people in small areas could reprogram or remove the grid and make the physical world like an astral world. They could create paradise on Earth in small areas. All right. So again, it gets quite interesting. But ultimately, what we need to understand, too, is that... And this is not thanks to me. This is thanks to those on the Patreon who did it. We did a member Zoom call a few days ago relative to the time I'm recording this that basically helped me even personally. Thank you. Understand. I think it was Nat, uh, uh, Maria, Brandy, um, and a few others as well about intention. We have soul contracts every step of the day. All right. And when we when I say soul contracts, I'm not trying to say, oh, we've unknowingly inter uh, you know engaged in an agreement with some type of uh, being, yada, yada. Look, that's part of it. But ultimately, again, the term soul contracts relative to. Uh, please forgive me. Relative to this right here, grapheme and the derivation of an esoteric meaning to that of a certain language or symbol like that of, again, you know, Latin which seem to be influenced by the Dracos, allegedly, if you've seen the previous members only episode for those on Patreon, seems to suggest that this code is branching off into different levels or rooms, and I use that with air quotes, because it is exclusive to that field or that room or that level or whatever you want to call it. So take that same principle and apply it to what's been referred to as a soul contract. Okay, essentially, you if you do not reclaim your sovereignty, and you might be saying, Dave, how do you reclaim your sovereignty? Well, for example, Part of this matrix, so to speak, or simulation, whatever you want to call it, information structure, video game, is when you sit down, for example, to watch a Netflix show, 
unless you tell yourself consciously, I don't, For this is just an example. Maybe there, you, some of you will have better ones. And I, I encourage you to put some in the comments if you like. If you tell yourself, I don't want to be influenced by this show or the messaging behind it, there's a better chance that you, very good chance, or you probably will definitely not be. But if you just sit down and you, you know, you, you hang out with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you name it, you click on the show you want to watch and that's it. You in, uh, in the esoteric level of things, all right, in which is actually something we should be able to see if our light spectrum and visibility was not limited, have already made an agreement to absorb the information f coming from that show. And you might be saying, Dave, yeah, that's called infiltrating the subconscious mind. Yes, but it's not just psychological via that of communication. It's esoteric via the use of grapheme with an M. All right, and I'll show you shortly how we, we can understand this. We can understand this because not just of information structures, all right, between that of, again, um, linguistics and mental representations of information, which, again, remind us of a video game, but through something called biology of thought, as I said here, bot, right? So take a look. The bi uh, biology of thought explores issues and proposes a new molecular model that sheds light on the basis of human thought. Step by step, it describes a new hypothesis for how thought is produced at the micro level uh, in the brain, right at the neuron. This is what's interesting. What if neurons and atoms don't exist? They're just inverted constructs of our subconscious mind that gives us a limitation within the grid that we live in. Do you see what I'm saying here, folks? Which then gives the formation and manifestation of something called gravity, which may not be entirely natural because our subconscious mind is inverting this, uh, uh, this self-inflicted, um, I guess you could say, uh, soul trap, so to speak on a multi-pronged basis to create what we think are atoms and neurons, which we have given definition to from the derivation of the language of Latin. Again, English being the most prominent language spoken around the world. Where did English come from? Latin. Who influenced us via that of Latin and all that? We can argue very strongly it was of the time when the Dracos were, and shapeshifters, so to speak, were much more involved in a direct sense to create this inverted pyramid scheme, right? So what then ends up happening is, again, if... Neurons and atoms and all that are extremely dense vibratory, um, uh, I guess you could say, uh, products, so to speak, or, or objects, if you will, just like the example I gave of the pen, except instead of a pen, it's what you could see at a microscopic level uh, of, you know, neurons and atoms. That would mean we have inverted the belief system without consciously knowing because of the soul matrix farm to then give ourselves a limitation of what we have personally defined as gravity as atoms, as neurons. I'm not trying to be all fancy here and I'm not trying to confuse you folks. I'm really not. Point being is that ultimately, this goes back to what I was saying about how possibly 40 to 60% of what we live in is extremely astrally dense vibrations. It's possible that's part of it. And our belief system is, fuel, is fueling that into making us think that it's physical, which would explain how the recent Harvard and Johns Hopkins studies of psychedelics on every single test subject came out saying after this, uh, these test subjects uh, finished their psychedelic trip or experience, if you want to call it, they all said separately, you don't get it to the doctors. I, talking to these beings, being in that realm, whatever realm it was, whether it was real or not, was more real than me talking to you right now because, again, it's that dissemination and projection of using what a lot of people refer to as your gut, so to speak, quote unquote, your gut, right? That makes you realize, hold on, you don't know why, but for some reason that experience on psychedelics felt way more real than even me talking to doctors here. 
or talking to people or even just standing up and going for a walk. Because information structures via biology of thought have infused that soul contract, and I only use that term because I can't think of anything else, via that of the extremely astrally dense vibrations to create the intention of what this cycle is keeping us in, if that makes sense. Now, let's take a look at the Poland, uh, excuse me, the Poland-Belarus cover. Now, please forgive me if I did confuse you folks, especially for those who are seeing this on Patreon. Please comment down below. I'd be more than happy to clarify this if that makes sense. Essentially, every room con uh, confined within that of a um, uh, what we think to be a holographic substrate that we think that we deem to be physical objects, which aren't really physical, is a different video game essentially. So your bedroom is a, is a separate simulation field from that of your bathroom, right? Which is why forgetting things in that way could occur because the code, just like in a video game or the information structures of that room stay in that room, right? And that's how the limitation is kept. And then obviously, you know, people getting confused, it only adds to the, to the layers of complexity and confusion. Now, interestingly enough, take a look at this right over here. I want to cover something having to do with, by the way, the Poland-Belarus situation. So, I just put on Twitter earlier today that I will be covering this, and of course, the Patreon members get a uh, first look. So, this is a post that's been making the rounds. It could be disinformation. It could be misinformation. I'm not saying it's factual, guys. Okay. Um, I don't. I think this was on 4chan, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, take a look at this. This was a post by someone named Anonymous Coward. Um, I just heard this from a friend who is very high up in the Polish army. As some of you may have heard, there was a recent so-called migrant crisis at the border of Poland and Belarus. Right. The army was sent to protect the border. Entire towns have been sealed off. They cut off the access point for journalists, and nobody is coming in or out. Now, he told me the real reason for it. Apparently something really big has been discovered in the woods at the border with Belarus. Even he doesn't know the exact details about it, but the info is circulating among the soldiers that is not that it is not of this planet's origin. The area has now been taken over by the U.S. Army Rangers stationed in Poland, and there are U.S. military convoys coming in and out. Among them, there are tanks and armored vehicles that are completely sealed with black materials. There are no visible details, no doors, no windows, completely black and impenetrable. The area is now the most heavily guarded place in Poland. No civilian is allowed in or out. And folks, I gotta be honest, we have to take this for... At, at, at face value because we don't know in either direction i mean if any of you are familiar uh with any of the migrants there if anyone have, has seen anything i truly ask like reach out to them if you in a safe way and and say hey have you heard any of this talk right um but it's circulated for weeks now at this point so i figure it's best to cover it usually when things circulate for a week or two and they go away usually it's a psyop or a disinformation campaign not saying this isn't but this has been around for a handful of weeks now so i figured i'd cover it um he told me the stuff is still in the woods stuff in quotes it's too big to be moved and they won't be able to keep the secret much longer the info is spilling outside and they will have to reveal it to the public very soon he said his commander told him to get prepared because it will change the course of mankind forever this is interesting it could be a, a very much very strongly extraterrestrial so to speak but the reason i bring this up is because if we head to fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood right by dan winter according to mr winter take a look at this activities on the Syakar or Draco Empire on Terra, Terra being Earth, all right, reptilian hybridization. They have interest in humans' DNA as they have been involved with it since 
aeons of times, making in this aim great use of their expert abilities to use their shape-shifting skills. Siakar are as involved in manipulating Terran DNA in the conception of their own hybrids as the Greys and their helpers, biologically created drones and synthoids and various hybrids. Human abductions, when the abductee never returns, are usually of draconian's nature. They have underground facilities on Earth, some in connection with Terran military bases, linked by a web of monorail systems connecting to various points like the Poles and Mount Shasta, for instance. Again, magneto-leviton trains leading to that of the deep underground military bases, leading to that of the subterranean global network. However, you can identify access points by the serpent circle symbol or as you name it Ouroboros this is the symbol of the factions of the reptilian empire assigned to the colonized worlds and the insignia they wear on their uniforms is the serpent circle including seven stars referring to their seven main sectors of colonies I find it interesting again the number seven being that uh, many years ago if you look for example at our uh, series with Micah uh, decoding the Bible the Quran all that it was thought there were you know seven planets in our solar system the seven chakras you name it but anyways soul scalping as to dispose okay of terran bodies to inhabit with a soul of their own matrix the siakar conduct despicable procedures with time practice and resilience they perfected the technique of ripping a person's soul out of the body and dispose it in a container again before i go on i want to make a quick connection to a member's episode i have to be careful because this is going to go on youtube but the lathering of something all over the skin relative to the j rod bill U house and what we just covered on members you folks will know what i'm referring to there trapped within this peculiar pod the soul will live experience living through an illusionary matrix no one can ki no, no one can kill a soul they are immortal and a fractal of source Okay, now, interestingly enough, I want to mention as well, this is consistent with that of Carla Turner, who had a very strange onset of breast cancer, if I'm not mistaken, who claimed the exact same thing about how there are souls being placed in what seem to be glass boxes based on abductees who have gone through hypnotic regression or in some cases claim they can remember these instances without hypnotic regression. So take a look at this. What do they do? Uh, the best you can do is extracting it and trap it with the soul. What do they do with the bodies? They do AI experimentations and soul replacement. Many powerful industrial and military elites and some leaders have been soul scalped and replaced by Shakar entities in order to take over the control of Terra, Earth, via the banking systems, powerful corporations, and industries, celebrities, and governments. Okay, now an example according to Mr. Winter would be Rupert Murdoch. Wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. Um, with that being said, I, I want to mention as well, this is, um, it's very complex. It's a very complex situation. And ultimately, people will say, how come these aliens want to limit themselves to that of the confines of Earth? Because they love the control, guys. They love the control. They, for them, it's all about control. They don't care what they're controlling as long as they're controlling all of whatever the heck it is. That's my opinion, at least. I could be wrong. But look at this. Hierarchy of the occupants. This is when it gets interesting. Invader races on Terra have interrelated agreements between them, as well as with the U.S. government and their security. Draconians compose the secret pyramidal summit of the military-industrial-extraterrestrial complex, right? That, that hierarchy. Controlling all information related to alien presence. They control human elites, media and corporations, institutions, and financial systems. They stimulate wars, scarcity, fear, insecurity, encouraging corruption, ethnic and religious ferocity, terrorism, drug trade, and organized crime. Before I go on, does that not, like, remind us of everything that's happened in real time in the last two years? Literally? With the beep boop, with the fear mongering, with the psychological tactics, all of it. I, I, I mean, personally, at least, I can't help but think that that is the case. So, let's carry on.
There is a strict hierarchy involving the Draco Reptilians and other E.T. races involved in the invasion of Terra. Reptilians from Thuban, the Siakar and Nagai, or Dracos, are in command of the Earth-based Reptilians. These are in turn in command of the uh, Maitri, or the Tall Greys, and the Mantis Insectoids, who then command the Dohu Zetai, or the enslaved faction of Solipsi Rai and their related cloned and biosynthetic technicians. All right. We also see here the American government made an alliance with a separatist faction of Telosi, a colony from Alpha Centauri, part of the Agarthan kingdoms. These two allied were later involved in secret treaties with the Dohu from Zeta Reticuli, who approached them with their usual and systematic moaning stories of being a fading race begging access to uh, Terran genetic materials to update their to upgrade their decaying genes. Essentially, this folks. U.S. government messed up with 1954 Griotta Treaty. Galactic Federation, from my understanding, is trying to step in with that of the alignment of a colony from Alpha Centauri via their um, proxy communicators within Hollow Earth or Agartha. Okay, and then on top of that, what you have is the Greys jumping around, working for in a fractal concentric circle type sense. Ironically enough, as we see here. We then have the Greys working for the Draconians as they just broke down the structure there, going from planet to planet to lesser developed by like a lot. Civilizations going, oh my gosh, we're you from the future. We're sort of you. We, we're dying out. We need your help and we're going to give you a lot of tech and yada yada. It, and it seemed to work on, on Eisenhower and his administration. Not saying I blame Eisenhower specifically, but again. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that I want to, before we go on, okay, and speaking of which, to substantiate the, you know, the, this, uh, the photograph of the Poland-Belarus uh, 4chan post that we were looking at, again, real-world example, this was posted today, at least of the day I'm recording this. This is not including the 8,500 troops already on standby. Biden's sending 3,000 more troops to Eastern Europe. Okay, so again... You know, um, you, you, you tell me you make of this what you will, folks. It's not for me to tell you folks what to think, how to think and all of that. All right. Take a look at this news.stv.tv. RAF typhoons scramble to intercept Russian bombers off north of Scotland. All right. Now, again, to intercept Russian bombers. What's interesting about this, though, is that while this, these uh, the RAF typhoons were scrambling to inter intercept them, there were a handful of unidentified flying objects that would, from my understanding, was initially put in the original... I, please forgive me if I'm incorrect about this. In the original draft of the article, then it was uh, revised, excuse me, but I may not be entirely accurate on that there. However, there, was a hand there were a handful of unidentified flying objects in addition to the Russian bombers north of Scotland. Now, this is when it gets interesting, okay, folks, because... I want to bring up again the zone of proximal development, okay? So we see here, it's the distance between what a learner is not currently capable of doing unsupported and what they can do unsupported. It is the range where they're capable only with support from someone with more knowledge or expertise. All right, so basically giving you a little bit of help. So what we'll see here is that the zone of proximal development, this theory, basically means that this circle in the center is what we know. This little barrier here, this lighter blue between the, the much lighter blue, is that zone of where we could learn, but we need help getting there. And then this outer zone is just stuff we simply cannot learn. First off, from a visualization sense, does this not remind you of the, please forgive me, the concentric circles? The concept of, again, magic information structures? What if, you know, what we think is magic in one way is actually an information structure from an external or larger or higher up dimension that we don't have an understanding of because our subconscious mind has been inverted in a perverse sense 
to do a full 180 in that in form of intention and belief to project outwards rather than inward, which then would justify something to be as, oh, we can't learn it. You guys see what I'm saying? So again, and what's interesting about all of this is that it seems like creative people, and I could be wrong here, creative people with a little more imagination tend to subscribe to the things that you and I are very much into, like what we're discussing in this episode today. And, you know, Jordan Peterson said something that I find to be quite peculiar, I wanted to bring up, which correlates to the biology of thought, the bot. Um, speaking of which, again, Zod, the zone of proximal development is what we just looked at here. And Jordan Peterson said, and I quote, Creative people aren't stable in their identities, but we can very strongly argue that that's what makes them creative. Interesting, isn't it? That's a very interesting thought to ponder. I'll repeat that. Creative people are not stable in their identities, but we can very strongly argue that that's what makes them creative. Okay, which is interesting because it's been alleged people with, you know, bipolar uh, issues, schizophrenia, all of that are the most creative. They tend to be the ones with the most prevalating and, and uh, revolutionizing ideas, so to speak. Not all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say if you don't have that, you're not creative. Not at all. But point being that people who seem to change their identities, whether it's their physical appearance, whether it's their internal belief system, quite often they tend to, to be the most creative. And not only that. But there was a quote, I forgot uh, by who, uh, I think it was a philosopher that said, the only way to truly be happy in this world is to either have a clear conscience or to not have one at all. So basically not care about anything and anyone but yourself or truly do your best to be the best person that you know you can be. The reason I bring this up relative to the zone of proximal development is because it's like this AI system is keeping us in this circle, always making us feel like we can reach a little bit more a little bit further, a little bit edgier to what we're trying to understand when really we can't because of this limiting system, this limiting energetic system, which could be the reason why biology of thought, you know, again, uh, understanding a new hypothesis for how thought is produced at the micro level in the brain is not an official definition yet relative to what we've been talking about for, I think at least I can say confidently a couple months now, which is that mergence between the physical realm and the esoteric one. Speaking of which, take a look at this right over here. Exopolitics.org. All right. Navy SEAL reveals secret mission to ancient buried structure in Antarctica. All right. Which is interesting because this SEAL's testimony is also consistent with that of the astral traveler here. All right. So take a look at this. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe, again, think of her as you will, released the video testimony of a new whistleblower discussing the, his highly classified mission to a large buried structure found in Antarctica. The whistleblower claims that in a classified mission conducted in 2003, he entered inside a very large octagon-shaped structure located near the Beardmore Glacier that extended down deep into the glacier's icy interior. All right, the whistleblower is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL. All right. Previously, Linda Moulton Howe released the testimony of another military whistleblower named Brian, who was a Navy flight engineer who had flown numerous support missions with the Antarctic Development Squadron from 1983 to 1997. All right. So almost 15 years he was there, this particular um, a Navy flight engineer. He witnessed a number of anomalies pointing to hidden facilities or bases located deep under the Arctic ice sheets. He says he witnessed silvered flying disks over the Transantarctic Mountains, not all that far, as Linda Moulton Howe pointed out, from where the Navy SEAL had conducted his mission. Again, take a look at this map right here, folks. It seems as though some of those Russian satellite images from long ago, if I'm not mistaken, that depicted there seeming to be an entrance point, 
seems to be accurate and consistent with what these two whistleblowers are claiming are, you know, that where they've seen bases or at least evidence of implicatory bases and craft in the trans-Antarctic mountains because that satellite photo is consistent with, bang, right on the center of the South Pole. Okay, then you have the Beardmore Glacier and then the McMurdo Station, which is oh so convenient, you know, leading up to the terrains of what seem to be many refer to as the ice wall, so to speak, relative to some type of concave earth, flat earth, whatever you want to call it. But take a look at this. Um, the Navy SEAL says that ground penetrating radar had discovered the structure, which was an eight sided octagon. As Linda Moulton Howe elaborated, in 2003, a U.S. Navy special operation team traveled to Antarctica to investigate a perfectly geometric eight-sided octagon structure discovered by ground-penetrating radar near the Beardmore Glacier, about 93 miles from the American McMurdo Station. All right. Another previous team of engineers and scientists had dug out of the top layer of one octagon made of a pure black substance that was built on top of two more black octagonal structures that went deep uh, down deep into the two mile thick ice. Okay. Again, folks, a black substance built of these structures, going back to that of grapheme and graphene, both of them, using that of a derivation of a frequentially oriented substrate to create what would we to create what we would refer to as magic, which would not really be magic because it would just be an information structure on a, a level of understanding we do not yet understand, thanks to the zone of proximal development. Does that make sense, guys? I, I, I hope I'm not confusing you guys. I'm really trying to delve into the concept of, of thought with all of this and relative to the esoteric angle. Now, look at this. Only part of the structure, he stated, the Spartan 1, has been uncovered so far by the archaeological teams, with the rest buried under the ice and extending far below. Ground-penetrating radar had shown the structure to be an octagon in shape and covering an area of 62 acres, about half a square kilometer. Spartan 1 described the walls and doors as being covered by hieroglyphs that were about 8 inches high and about 2 inches deep. The hieroglyphs were neither Egyptian nor Mayan, but appeared similar to both in terms of depicting animals and other strange symbols. Significantly, one of the symbols was very similar to the black sun image used by the Nazi SS, who had a large version of it built on the floor of their headquarters at the Wewelsburg Castle. The black sun image continues to be banned in Germany under their Nazi propaganda law. All right, Linda Moulton House said future episodes featuring Spartan 1 will return to the Black Sun symbol. Again, these are the data points I'm referring to, folks. Again, we may this Spartan 1 could be a disinformation agent. I, I doubt that. The consistency is there relative to other whistleblowers, documents, FOIA requests. But I again, I could be wrong. But again, notice the consistency of the concept of intrinsically understanding information structures relative to symbols, glyphs, whatever you want to call it. You guys see what I'm saying? I, I really hope this is making sense. Um, speaking of... Sorry, one second. Speaking of which, take a look at this right over here. Um, let's see. Sorry. Exopolitics.org. Navy insiders corroborate secret Antarctic space fleet and mission... To Oumuamua or Oumuamua. I know I've been mispronouncing it, but I've had a brain fart every time I try and remember the way to uh, formally pronounce it. So please forgive me. So take a look at this. A former Navy SEAL and a Marine Corps special operator have revealed uh, in an interview uh, their knowledge of a secret space fleet that operates out of Antarctica, which flew a landing mission to the recent interstellar visitor to our solar system, the Oumuamua. 
All right. Now, interestingly enough, okay, this Antarctic base and all that seems to be corroborative with that of an alleged faction of Hitler's scientists that didn't want to follow with Hitler's uh, agenda of war and global domination. They wanted more into the science aspect, which would, which is what gave them access to Agartha. And, and from there, we don't know what happened to these factions because allegedly Hitler went underground too. Um, but take a look at this. Howe had previously reported part one of her interview with Spartan One, a former Navy SEAL, describing entering an octagon-shaped structure. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, all right, Spartan One had also shared his knowledge of the existence of a coalition of major nations that are signatories to the Antarctic Treaty. Again, that same treaty we always talk about on the show, not recently, but previously quite often, where it's just like, yep, you know, the U.S. is basically in charge, but it's everyone's that's part of the treaty, but you can't go unless you ask the U.S., and everyone signed it real quick, and it was like real, like, hush-hush. So, again, take that as you will. Um, the coalition that I talk about, it's Great Britain, the U.S., this is according to Spartan 1, France, Germany, Canada, and Russia. There's been a space fleet in existence for the last 25 years. This is part of that compartmentalized information relative to the example I gave at the beginning of information structures, moving from one room to another, except this time, you're not moving from one room with your body, it's with your mind. You know what that room is? That's called compartmentalization. That's a mind tactic. So, look at this. Mental, let's do, just do a quick uh, search. Mental compartmentalization. All right? If you look at the visual side of it, mental compartmentalization, usually you'll come across images like this, particularly on Google to avoid stress, depression, anxiety, and to think more clearly, you put things into different categories, which is, to be quite honest with you folks, something I've been uh, working with as well, and it seems to work quite well. Again, it, it takes practice because it's about mentally envisioning keeping that issue or problem you have, or even good thing, in that visualized box, right? Which again, would help corroborate the extremely astral dense negative uh, vibrations via that of intention that Dan Winter speaks on. So not only are we corroborating that of the, excuse me, the... Um, the astral traveler here but we're also corroborating that of dan winter's work with respects to intention and plasma okay so if we jump over to um here we go this uh, exopolitics.org a separate article from uh spartan one and two uh fr from the interview with linda moulton how she did multiple but next linda moulton how introduced the second whistleblower spartan two who's also a special operator but whose service branch was instead the u.s marine corps all right. He revealed for the last decade he's worked with an official from U.S. Cyber Command whose eighth floor office is responsible for conducting trade with extraterrestrial races. The official, whose first name is Kim, told Spartan 1 and 2 about a secret mission to Umwamwa. By the way, before I go on, that office responsible for conducting trade with extraterrestrial races, notice how it's called the eighth office. From an esoteric standpoint, that is, again, eight being right above the number seven, the seven chakras, maybe this eighth angle representing that of a larger esoteric meaning relative to grapheme with an M. Now, before I go on, it would be oh so convenient that this individual responsible for conducting and overseeing such trades, right, relative to the, the responsibility they've been given, will forget things once they leave that office. The same way, again, at the beginning of this episode, a recording, presentation, I said, you go to one room, you forget what you were looking for. The same concept. It's because the code is, the information structure in this dimension is exclusive to that of the energy field in that office, and that's it, right? So look at this. According to Spartan 2, he said, we got confirmation that our buddies landed on Omwamwa like months before anybody even knew it was out there. Our guys were on Omwamwa or whatever they call that thing. It's not a rock. It's an old derelict ship. At least that's what they told us. And we boarded it months before anybody knew about it. 
Okay. In response to Howe's question of who gave him their information, Spartan One disclosed, I can only tell you his first name is Kim. He worked for the NSA. He's worked for the NSA for years. Then just recently in the last year, he's been put in charge of a certain department in Cyber Command. All I know is that it's on the eighth floor of the NSA building. End quote. Before I go on, okay, not only could Miss Howe corroborate these statements, but in, on, in, in addition to that, excuse me, on our end, we can corroborate this because we've seen the NSA and the NRO, the National Security Agency and the National Reconnaissance Organization, pop up more and more and more as allegedly part of agreements, particularly under the Reagan administration, that were aligned with that of NORAD, with the Star Wars program, right, with the Paul Benowitz document, all of this, okay? So it, it's very interesting, okay? And the, the final part of this presentation, so to speak, is, again, giants, did giants fuel our demise? And I don't... I don't want to be vague here, but I really want to bring this up in a way that I genuinely want to ask all of you folks if you think there could be some type of uh, point behind that. Because look at the Poland-Belarus situation, right? You look at, for example, the alleged Romanian Sphinx, right? Um, the projection room under the Romanian Sphinx. We see statues all over the place of what seem to be giant structures, okay, of but very old ones. And we see the projection room and a lot of this old technology on Earth by the way, not meant to be, to, to, to suit that of our height, our width, our, you know, bipedal type stature, much larger beings 40, 50,000 years ago and onward were on this planet. And I'm sure some of them are still are, but point being, did they help fuel the demise by uh, our demise by abandoning us, therefore opening the possibility for the Orion Draco faction to attempt to take over Terra? Or is this much even larger than that? That allegedly Earth has been, or Terra, as they call it, has been a battleground for not tens of millions of years, but hundreds of millions of years. So I'm genuinely asking the question because it seems as though that whatever giants were here, and I'm sure that maybe there still are some here, okay? I don't know if to, what to make of their presence, and I'm not trying to put them all in one bucket. I'm really not, because again, it's just like the greys, just like us as humans. You got really shitty ones, and you got some beautiful ones, and you got ones in the middle, and then ones that just don't want to be bothered. So let me know what you think, folks, because I think this is a very interesting way of trying to comprehend what's occurring here, and it's just a, I guess you could say a, a theory of mine that I've been thinking of over the last couple of days of how information structures can be in a way conflated with what we're looking at here of astral vibrations, different soul contracts. Um, again, you know, uh, the Poland Belarus cover up and modern day politics. So with that being said, folks, thank you so very much. And we'll catch you all very, very soon. Cheers.